Right back at it on the fan. Uh, this is going to be a good one. Joining us right now, my guy, JJ After Dark, John Jaskremski. What up, player? Mr. McPherson, it's good hearing your voice, number one. Number two, the, the picture you just tweeted out. <laughs> I, I look a, a little disheveled. I look a little old in that pic. You know, I'm usually a nah. baby face there, Keith. I felt like I looked 40 years old in that pic. No, nah, you're good. It's just the way the light was hitting you, bro. You're good. I had the shades <laughs> on. Okay, I had to cover I'll the eyes it. that day. <laughs> I missed the day, you know, Keith. You know, it's, we have, I've not been in that place in a couple of months now because obviously there weren't many Yankee games to attend in August and September. And I got news for you. <laughs> I don't think we'll be spending October next year at the bodega. Just throwing yeah. that one out there. Yeah. Uh, we're cooked, bro. It's over. I just feel like the good times, they're not guaranteed. Uh, being diehard Yankee fans that have grown up uh, watching the Yankees in the glory days. And now we're uh, grown men and in the media, like, this is not the great time to be a Yankee fan covering the Yankees. I don't know where we're headed. What do you think? Well, to be fair, Keith, I didn't expect to hear anything earth-shattering from a positive standpoint today because you knew for weeks the Yankees were running it back. The audit they talked about was as fugazi as it gets. We all knew Brian Cashman was coming back. We all knew Aaron Boone was coming back. But I think my big takeaway from hearing Hal Steinbrenner today and hearing Brian Cashman drop a bunch of F-bombs, be defiant, talk about how great the Yankee process is. Keith, the Yankee organization is so tone deaf and so clueless to the reality of Oh, they're lost. They're lost. They're not, on, they're not on the same page as us at all. There's such a disconnect. Well, I, I, that's what I mean. You talk to Yankee fans all the time. I talk to Yankee fans all the time. They're in your life. They're in my life. They call your show. They call my show. Yankee fans are disgusted. Yankee fans are, and, and let's, let's be real about something. They are never going to be able to duplicate what they did in the 1990s. That's no. special stuff. Way that's over. four to five Done. championships. That going to the World Series five out of six years. I don't think we'll see that, Keith, in our lifetime. That's not the standard that we're talking about. The idea that you are satisfied with your process, the idea that you think everything is effing good, when you went 82 and 80 and you finished in fourth place and your team stinks and was dead to rights for the last six weeks of the year, if that doesn't tell you there's a problem, dude, I don't know what will. Yeah. I, I really don't. JJ, I, I said this. I'm like, I, I like to see Brian Cashman this uncomfortable. I like to see him this bothered because you know what? This, to me, I think is signaling the end. I think that if he doesn't have a great winner and that doesn't turn into a great Yankee season, which – I don't know what the bar of great is for him anymore, but for us, like our standards now, uh, after the whole fire Cashman night and the T-shirts and how many people were talking about, oh, he needs to go online. Like, I need this guy to be motivated to have his best offseason and season ever. And if he doesn't, it might be time to go. It might be an end of an era because I think what we learned today is how and Cash, they're on different pages. Hal's tone was completely different than Brian Cashman's. And the stuff that Hal talked about, completely different than Cash. And I said in my open, I think that Cashman heard what Hal said, and that fired him up even more because Hal was kind of admitting fault. Hal said the fans didn't get what they deserved. And, and you know, this season was unacceptable. And, like, having a winning record is a requirement and all these different things where it felt like Cashman wasn't giving at all. I don't know why he was so defensive. I don't understand how you have a month to think about what to say and – 
you come out with all these rehearsed lines about we we have the least we have the, we have the smallest analytics department in the AL East. Is that a surprise to you, Brian? Nobody's asking you about that. Like he he literally went on and tried to respond to Yankees Twitter in a twenty minute media scrum. It was incredible. Well, and, and that's my thing, Keith. You've known for weeks. You're facing the media at the GM meetings. And the Yankees, let's be real about this. They didn't have the end of the year presser in October. They kind of left it in September when Cashman met the media. I think it was a scrum at Yankee Stadium. Maybe it was a scrum on the road and basically said the season was, you know, an abject failure. And he was, he was right about that. But they've kind of been lurking, right? Like you've been waiting to hear from them. And we've never heard Brian Cashman like that. You know, normally Cash, and he's been doing this forever, he gives you the long-winded answers. He knows how to answer a question without saying a whole lot. He'll drop some subtle hints here and some subtle hints there. But for the most part, he gives you nothing. Today, he was on the defensive, to your point. He was going back and forth defending, you know, some of the trades that he's made the last few years. That, let's be real, have been an abomination. And, and, you know, Joel Sherman had a great exchange with him. I'm sure everybody's seen it at, at this point on Twitter, and it was back and forth, and it was, about really Volpe, nice about the young players. David Cashman. He didn't even mention the Donaldson trade, which to me is a fireable offense. The idea that they took on $50 million for that guy Insane. in 2022 and for all of 2023, and he performed like that. You know, they mentioned Montas, they mentioned Joey Gallo, and those trades stunk. Donaldson's the coup de grace, dude. Nothing's worse than that Donaldson trade. Jay, you know what's crazy, bro? He, he said this. He says he gets a kick out of people calling the Joey Gallo and Sonny Gray trades bad. And his quote was, since Joey Gallo left us, who's picked him up? Two playoff teams. Sonny Gray, he's currently in the competition for a Cy Young Award. That's an indictment on you. How come you couldn't get the better version out of them? How come you couldn't get them to perform here in the Bronx? You gave up more to get them than these other teams did. 1,000%. And I think it's far more about Gray than Gallo. Look, Gallo is what he is. He's a flawed player. I mean, the Dodgers, uh, they barely played him. He stunk for them. I think in Minnesota last year, they didn't even put him on the postseason roster because he was so bad. But I think Sonny Gray is a major indictment of the failures of the Yankees. You know, the similarities you see with Sonny Gray and Jordan Montgomery, they're different because Jordan Montgomery had more success here, Keith. But with Sonny Gray, you know, people said, oh, he can't handle a big stage. He can't handle a bright light in New York City. That was total nonsense. The Yankees tried to change what kind of pitcher he was. Right. It failed miserably. So he leaves whatever the Yankees are trying to tell him to do, uh, whether it's their analytics, whether it's their pitching philosophy, whatever the case may Larry be. Larry Rothschild. And, boy, and, and let's be real. Matt Blake, for the most part, has been pretty good. Like, he's like the least of my worries as far as Yankee concerns. He wasn't there when Sonny Gray was a part of the pitching staff. But, yeah, I give the Yankees heat for the fact that he's got a Cincinnati and has pitched well, and he goes to Minnesota and he's pitched well. And Montgomery, they didn't want him throwing his fastball. He goes to St. Louis and Texas and has done nothing but shove since he's left the Yankees. That's another trade. Listen, we all love Harrison Bader. Great story, local kid, and he did hit in the playoffs, so I don't want to ignore that. But Harrison Bader is a 240 weak hitting center fielder. And you gave up the injury prone and came here hurt. Cashman's trades and track record the last four years, he could try to spin it any which way he wants. And I think you and I are pretty respectful of what he's done throughout his career. He's had a great career. I'm not trying to disparage that. But it's what have you done for me lately? Yep. The last four years have stunk. Yep. You haven't wanted 14 years. And Keith, I don't know if you feel this way. 
The Yankees are stale. They can try to spin it any which way they want. They are a stale, boring organization. Every which way. Dude, we have to watch Giancarlo Stan suck. Bat 190. DJ LeMayu started to figure it out in the second half, but it wasn't good enough. When you talk about the Yankees being stale, I'm going to games and I'm sitting next to fans and they don't they don't know who's in left field. They don't know who Franchi Cordero is, Willie Calhoun, Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney. They don't know who some of these guys are. And it's like, these are the New York Yankees. They're supposed to have the best of the best. It's not good enough. And the reason that they default into some of these guys is because they don't allocate funds properly. You you shouldn't have had fifty dollars or fifty million dollars tied up into Josh Donaldson. You 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 don't need to trade for a, a Frankie Montas because you miss out on a Luis Castillo, right? You you don't you don't need to there's so many little things that have piled up. I say it's a comedy of errors, and I think now it's gotten to the point where like when you're wrong so much like Brian Cashman has been recently. Like, you go on the defensive because there's no way you can actually defend all the mistakes you've made. And the only way, Keith, that they're getting out of this in a positive light this year is if they swing for the fences and get a guy like Juan Soto. You know, look, they're bringing the entire operation back. I'm not happy about it. You're not happy about it. I, I've kind of digested it. And no, but it. Let's, 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 let's stop on weeks. that, JJ. Everywhere else, I spoke on this tonight. Everywhere else, they fire head coaches, GMs. They cut players. They oh, tra- I get it. Like- Listen, Keith, I, I'm well aware. I'm well aware. Think about this for a minute. The Boston Red Sox, and they were wrong to do this. They broke a curse for 86 years. There was beer and fried chicken, and they collapsed down a stretch, and they showed Tito Francona walking papers. The Cubs, they hadn't won a World Series in like 100 years. Joe Madden wins the World Series. They fired him. It is amazing. And you're so right about this. The Yankees went from an organization with George. And I'm not saying it was right in the 80s and they were dysfunctional. But they fired everybody. Now, I don't know what it takes to lose your job. Hal came out today and said this season was unacceptable, but he's accepting it because everyone's coming back. It doesn't make sense. If it's unacceptable, heads have to roll. You can't say it's unacceptable, but I'm accepting it. Well, and that's what you've seen. That is, see, that's why. Like there, and especially when midway through the year, he's kind of hitting at the fact that he's going to make changes. Everybody keeps waiting to see what these changes. Dylan are be Lawson, come on, Dylan off. Lawson can't be the sacrificial lamb. He doesn't matter. Just like Carlos Mendoza doesn't matter. New Mets manager. Well, and maybe they should take a page out of the playbook, circa the Texas Rangers. They hire a Hall of Fame manager in Bruce Bochy. You're going to sit there and tell me he didn't make a difference this year? Of course he did. <laughs> no, nah, because Bruce, Bo- Bruce Bochy would push back on some of your pregame meetings when you want to spit out a different lineup every day where you want to rest one of his hitters that's having a hot week. Bruce Bochy would say, no, 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 no. Leave these guys. Leave these guys in the same spot in the lineups, the same spot in the field so that they can continue doing what they're doing every day. We don't need to change things up. There are only a few guys who have that clout now. And anybody who thinks Aaron Boone has that clout in making the Yankee lineup is a fool. No, he went 82 and 80. I don't know how you run it back with the manager that that has the worst season in in the last 30 years. I think if you wanted to fire a a manager, right, you you fired the manager after he took you to Game 7 of the ALCS, 
You can't fire a guy. That's the first thing they said today. Oh, we talked to everybody, uh, you know, from Andy Pettit to Nick Swisher, and we all decided Boone should come back. Sure. Well, that's another thing. Why all of a sudden is Nick Swisher's opinion holier than now within the Yankees? Because he, I, I, because he, uh, he was the only Yankee willing to, to run out with the flag the for the postseason two years ago. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying, dude? Like, there are, there, there are now all these stories that come out and say, oh, well, the players like him. Well, that's great. The players like Todd Bowles, too. What, is, what does that mean? I don't care. No. I don't care. Not if I were in the team. JJ, the thing with Boone, I mean, I'm sure he's a nice guy. I haven't met him. But he just gives me these cool dad vibes where he's too cool. Judgy and Glaby and Kingy. Like, uh, there shouldn't be pet names for your players. You're supposed to be the guy in charge. And the only time I see you get mad and act like an authority figure is when you're talking to the home plate ump. Which gets stale and tired. I mean, let's doesn't help. I don't know if you felt this way. No, you, you know, you know, like, bro. We've been in, we've been in the stadium, and I'm like, this isn't helping our cause. It's always Yankees versus the Umps because these Umps have it out for Aaron Boone, and he just loves to get in their face, uh, spit in their face, and get thrown out of games. And the Yankees didn't respond this year. Carlos Mendoza, you know, he got his manager experience this year because Boone got thrown out ten times, and the team did not respond in those games. When Boone got sent out, it started in like 2019, where the the team would rally in Boone's honor. But after a while, it's like you can't keep going to that trick. Look, the Yankees are in a position where I think the fan base and the morale is as low as I ever can remember it. Honestly, I I I don't know if you feel differently, but I can't think of a time where I've been. And I know I, I understand the Yankees having a losing season since 1992. I know. It's coming from a different place than maybe being a Jet fan or a Met fan or, you know, for me, a Miami Dolphins fan. Well, my team hasn't won a playoff game in 20 years. Like, I get it. It's a different standard. But the lowering of standards and the lowering of expectations and how they are tolerated in Yankee land is really tough to take. Yeah, I've never heard so many Yankee fans say they're out. They're not going to the stadium. They're not even watching games. I'm like, what? Like people that I like know that love the Yankees, like ah oh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't even watch this series. You, you didn't watch the series, like no, I can't stand to watch it, bro. They just lost nine games in a row. I'm out. Well, that was 2023 in a nutshell. And the shame of it, Keith, is they have a top three player in the sport in Judge. They have a pitcher in Cole who was amazing and won the American League. He's gonna win the American League Cy Young and did everything you could have asked him to do. And outside of the dud he had in Boston, I mean, the guy is delivered every which way for the Yankees. You're going to waste those two guys' prime. I mean, I don't know how you don't at this stage in the game. The way the Yankees are set up, the way the Yankees are being run, I'm I'm not overly confident that they're going to have that pot of gold at the end of the rainbow for Aaron Judge no. and Derek Cole. When it's no, today, today just confirmed that nothing is changing. Don't expect much change. They're smarter than all of us. They don't need to change. Brian Cashman literally told you, he said, I think we're pretty effing good, and uh, I think we have good baseball people. Basically thumbing his nose at everybody that's been critical of him and his mistakes and saying, no, we're good. We're, we're going we're gonna to push forward. This year, injuries happen, and he said the injuries, injuries are not a, a, an excuse. It's a fact to why things went a certain way. Well, in my opinion, you've been getting hurt every year really consistently since 2019. Why not have better players on the bench. Why not have better backups and have insurance on all of your guys potentially going down? Have better contingency plans. Uh, Aaron Hicks is going to suck. In the event he sucks, 
Don't keep rolling him out there. Oswaldo Cabrera was a uh, career infielder in the minor leagues. Now you're expecting this guy to be an outfielder. How many guys do we watch try and play left field? It just doesn't work, right? It, it's it's sad that they will not accept what they've done. They they just keep ducking accountability, responsibility. And if you Cashman, you know how many people at the GM meetings were probably giving him that a boys because <laughs> he can go and run his mouth. And there is no fear of repercussion. The eternal See, that's, GM. He's he safe. The thing. His job he is safe. Knows he has a job for life. So Anybody else would be fired talking like kid, that. Back, you know, like a uh, holier than now figure. He can do it, Keith. That's the sad thing. JJ, they're talking about firing Bill Belichick, but they won't fire Brian Cashman. <laughs> wow, it's absurd. It's absurd. And again, if you think the Yankees right now are being well run, you're a part of the problem. Let's be honest on that. If you think the Yankees right now are being well run, and, and, they, and don't tell me that they went to the ALCS last year, because for the better part of a calendar year, they've been under 500. They have not been anywhere close to as good as they were in 2017 when they were one win away from a World Series. They have done nothing but take steps back. So, you know, remember when Garrett Cole was supposed to be the missing piece, Keith, for this Yankee sure, team? Sure, yeah. Him and Louis, Keith, him and Louis Severino off. were going to be a one two punch, two aces. It's amazing. And that's why 2017 is a good lesson if you're a sports fan. When you got a chance, you never know when you're getting back. Yep. And, you know, I have to admit, when the Yankees lost that series, I was so positive, dude. Because we I thought they'd be back. I had a schedule. I thought it was only the beginning. You know what I mean? I thought it was only the beginning. If you would have told me in October of 2017 that you and I would be having a conversation and the Yankees have not appeared in a World Series, I would have said you certified what he's saying, man. Yeah, but you, but didn't, you didn't know that they were going to hire a manager who had never managed before. You didn't know that they were going to bring on Giancarlo Stanton and he was going to turn into nothing. He was Like, you didn't know that <laughs> there's so many moves, there's so many false moves that happen, right? You didn't know that some of the baby bombers were going to turn into nothing. You well, didn't know that they were going to pass on generational talent. Bird and Andahar ended up being stiff, every single one of them. That is their fault, and they keep ducking accountability. All right, well, uh, we're going to take a bunch of more calls on this all night. But, JJ, JJ you're the man. We got to link up. Uh, I got to get some golf clubs for Christmas, and I got to join you and Paulie out there. Um, I got to figure out how to even play. Well, you're but, an athlete, dude. You'll pick it up easy. You'll pick it up easy. I need so, lessons. I need clubs and lessons. Get, I think that's what I'm going to ask for for Christmas. Get your golf clubs for Christmas. Work on it. And then I'll see you, we'll play in the spring, and then I'll see you at the David Cohn outing in July, and you'll be hitting bombs. Exactly. And tell your wife I said hello. We do have to get together, get our wives together for dinner. I like the sound of that, bud. Keep up the good work, man. It was a good, good therapy session, warming me up for TV in about an hour. So I yeah, appreciate it. Yeah, that. I'll see you in the Delta Suite. My man, JJ After Dark, John Jaskremski on the fan. All right, 877-337-6666. I mean, that's as real as it gets. I mean, you guys used to listen to JJ in the overnight me the last couple years at nighttime, uh, whenever J.J. and I link up at the stadium, it's all love. Uh, I, I run into J.J. at the All-Star game and uh, other baseball things and media things. And we're both Yankee fans around the same age that grew up in the same era. Uh, we've sat in Yankee Stadium and watched some terrible games and left. And, you know, we got to talk about them for a living. <laughs> we wish it was better. We wish it was better times to be a Yankee fan. But the reality is we're not kids anymore. The reality is we're never getting uh, that dynasty that we had again. No one is in baseball, I don't think. But it seems like the Yankees aren't so committed to winning as they once were. 
They kind of sold you that dream. You got brainwashed. You got sucked in. And now, you know, I honestly think the the reason that they're so smug, the reason that they're so condescending to the media and the fans, well, really Brian Cashman, uh, Hal's, you know, his demeanor was a little bit better, was because they they have excuses built in. And the one thing that we don't get to see that's results-based is the money, right? When they crunch the numbers, their money isn't that different from winning 99 games to winning 82. But for, for us, it's a drastic difference. Missing the postseason, losing all of those series, having all of those miserable trips to the stadium. So what's going to change? I don't know. Do I think that they're going to go get Yamamoto and all these? I don't. My hopes, I, I have no hopes. Hope, hope, hope. I, I have no hopes. I hope to see uh, all my friends on opening day. Shout out to the Bleacher Creatures. I'll be in 203. We'll be in the bodega for sure. I hope to see all the season ticket holders from friends in the 400, 300 to, to legends. Uh, I, I hope to pop in the perfect suite and get uh, some little mini crab sandwiches or, or uh, lobster sandwiches. And uh, I hope to slide through the Delta suite and, and see everybody there. And, you know, that's that's what Yankee Stadium and the Yankees have become. It's a hangout for Yankee fans to talk about the glory days and uh, hope for them to come back. But I don't know. Hopes are, are low. It's not a... Uh, the greatest times.